This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. When I come into this building, what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me, and I'm going to have the same energy for them. The TD Garden has become a hostile place for Kyrie Irving. Embrace it. Embrace it. It's the dark side. Embrace it. Irving, step back three. Puts it in. What a fourth quarter masterpiece from Kyrie Irving. The only thing you got to do is just try to figure it out. When you do that, it feels good. It feels really good. Jalen Brown kicks it out. Smart fakes inside. Tatum spins and he puts it in. And what a thrilling finish to game one of what could be one of the all-time series. Hey, it's Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it that we do? We get a people! What they want! What a weekend of playoff basketball, and the game that we all thought would be the best game in series was the best game in series. Of course, I'm talking about that one between the Brooklyn Nets and the Celtics. Jalen, take us through the last two possessions. Great smother of defense by the Boston Celtics. Double teaming Kyrie, who had 38 on the night. Gets it to KD late in the shot clock. Al Horford did a terrific job of snaring another rebound. Advanced pass White to Jalen Brown, who's confident attacking the basket after he had just scored on a previous possession. Kicks it out to Marcus Hart. Pump fake. And all of a sudden, KD falls asleep at the top. Jason Tatum cuts to the back door, spins under control, and Jacoby, the Boston Celtics, take game one. What a thrilling game. So many storylines. The Nets have Four total people scored double figures, while the Celtics have four people score at least 20. How were they able to do so? Converting defense like that against KD into offense, in particular in the first quarter, getting steals, getting deflections, getting out in transition. This was a terrific game to watch. It was only right that it went down to the final possession. It was such a great game, and it was really good defense from the Celtics, who were all over KD, frustrating him on both ends, making him work. But Kyrie Irving, what a performance from him. Sure, he did not get that bucket that they needed within the waning seconds, but Jalen, all game long, he just seemed to be in attack mode. There was nothing the Celtics could do about it. He's a dazzling offensive player, and Marcus Smart, who I voted Defensive Player of the Year, was barely on Kyrie. He only attempted three shots while being guarded by Marcus Smart. So for Kyrie, the Nets did a terrific job of putting him in situations where he's going against Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. For the most part, the bigs, in particular, Tice or Al Horford. And nobody can stop Kyrie Irving, Mm -mm. especially when he gets going. And the array of shots early in the clock, late in the clock, um, going left, going right. You know, they did a couple of terrific set plays where they created the misdirection, cleared out the backside. That's how he got that, 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 that naked layup that seemed like he just blew past Jason Tatum. And so he, he was a dazzling offensive player, but I want to make sure I acknowledge something Ime Udoka did. 
as the game got later, they ran that double team at Kyrie. And then when they ran the double team at him, that's when he looked a little bit confused. And then before you know it, KD ended up with the ball. And so for the Nets, when you have those two dazzling offensive players, it's easy to say your turn, my turn when they're both going, except KD never got going. And Kyrie was one that was carrying them, keeping the game close and making plays, but ultimately they came up short. Jalen, I picked the Nets before the series, and I saw you looking fly on NBA Countdown. And you switched your pick in the very last <laughs> second when you saw KD in the building. I still feel good about this series if I'm the Brooklyn Nets. It was a last-second buzzer beater on the road, game one. I still feel good about the Nets in this series. How do you feel after game one? If I'm the Boston Celtics, I feel extremely well that I took game one. And I feel confident that we were physical with KD, knocked him off his spot, forced him into tough low percentage plays and shots and turnovers, and was effective doing so. In game two for Boston, it's an easy adjustment. Put more, more Marcus Smart on Kyrie. When KD and or Kyrie are on the floor by themselves, you double them. Those are adjustments that I think the Boston Celtics are gonna make. For the Nets, Here's one thing that nobody's going to talk about that was a major key to the game. When Andre Drummond got his fourth foul in the second quarter, before that, he, they were playing well and he was playing well. He got a bad foul. Of an, of a, uh, uh, he was trying to go for an offensive rebound. He flopped in the backcourt, and he was basically non-existent after that, and things started to go bad for the Nets. So foul trouble was also a key for them, in particular with Drummond. And the other thing is you got to get KD on the move. Like, mm. it, KD's such a gifted scorer that sometimes you can just get, get him on the elbow or get him on the post and he stick his hand in the air and you throw it to him. But when they pushing him off this spot and they double teaming and they have some ball pressure, now that got to be a down screen. That got to be a curl. You got to get him on the move so he can be the, the easy money sniper and get a couple and get confident. And once he gets confident, then it can be lights out. This is going to be a great series. I'm riding great with series. you. It's going to be a seven-game series. And I agree. I saw KD show up at the building, and it was like, wait a minute. They lost in the second round last year. Am I about to go on TV cleaner than a board of health with a fresh flower on? I could smell the flower. It was just, mmm. And pick KD to lose in the first round? And then he walked in. I got scared. It was almost like I saw Candyman. I was like, I was like, I can't do it. I, I got too much it. respect for KD, but I got too much respect for the game, and this is going to be a great series. But I stand by my flipped pick Me of too. the Nets. I still feel good about the Nets. And one of the storylines from this game was Kyrie versus the crowd. We knew the crowd was going to be abrasive. We knew they were going to try to get in his head. Now, he performed really well, but there were some interesting interactions between him and the crowd, and we all heard what he said after. How do you react to the relationship between Kyrie and the Boston crowd? It's just a friendly game of basketball. Cameras are just there. Kyrie's a performer. People that got their foot on the wood, people that have playoff tickets, that's just the atmosphere and what it's going to be. And you ready for this? It ain't just for him. Like, we're gonna put the camera on him and highlight him because he played for the Celtics, and obviously you can hear the roar of the crowd and the chants. But they're cheering against all of the Nets. You're the road team. And so, I, 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 
I could say that you would like him to have a different level of decorum, you know, when, when he's being jeered by the fans. But there are a lot of different ways to embrace it. And I ain't necessarily mad at when people yell things at you to yell things back at them. Or when they point at you to do gestures to you, to do gestures to them. You know why, Jacoby? I did the exact same thing. You ever oh, watched me play basketball? <laughs> oh, we know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I did the exact same thing. You talk thing. trash to like 55-year-old lawyers that are out of shape. <laughs> so of course you're talking trash in the NBA game. And one of the things about Kyrie Irving is let's not forget just how good he was. So he was using that as motivation, and I look forward to game two. But we have to move on to Correct. another team in the Eastern Conference that made a great statement this weekend. That is the Miami Heat against the Atlanta Hawks. It was a sophisticated, switching, swarming defense that really just really really frustrated Trey Young and the Hawks they can get nothing going against this defense Hawks in trouble without Capella Trey Young based on being the only guy since Tiny Archibald to lead the league in total points and assists shot them through the play-in and into the playoffs that's why they were there so I'm not surprised that there was a level of fatigue but also the Miami Heat were sitting, swarming, and getting ready. Like, they have been the team that's been the best record-wise in the East all season. And mm -hmm. what that allowed them to do is build out so much depth. Follow this for a second. Eric Spolstra, my favorite coach, the best coach in the game, other than Pop. I want to pay love to the homage to the legend. Just think about what the Heat did. <laughs> they built out so much depth. But they let Victor Oladipo go to work and score 40 points in the final game of the season. And he was a non-factor in a blowout win in game one. Yep. That, just, just think of that. Bam, Jimmy, and all of a sudden, oh, Duncan Robinson. Michigan Wolverine. Knocking down threes here and there. Oh, eight he made eight nine. of them, Jacoby. Eight for the nine. Heat made more threes than they'd ever made in a playoff game. It's true, like Jimmy 70% Butler had at one point. <laughs> It was wild. No doubt. He was catching lobs. Kyle Lowry was snatching Trey Young's jewels at the top of the floor. So, like, mm -hmm. they had so many variations of people that were contributors, and that's what made the Miami Heat a problem. The depth that they have, the experience that they have, and they're going to be – like, them and the Milwaukee Bucks, I know that – there, there, we, we romanticize about other teams, and rightfully so. Like, I want to see what happens with Boston if Time Lord comes back. It was of great course. to see Philly perform. Can the Nets propel themselves? But those are the teams, the last two teams to win the East, the Heat and the Bucks. And they're continuing to build within players on their team that are improving. So just to watch how their depth have now carried itself into the playoffs, it seems that they're on a collision course to play one another in the conference finals. Seems like this regular season was when Ja Morant made the leap to superstar in the NBA, but it was Anthony Edwards of the Timberwolves who looked like a superstar in game one. Jalen, what do you think about this performance? If you are who you say you are, a superstar, I agree with you. And like I said, if you ever seen the Flintstones, Anthony mm -hmm. Edwards is bam bam. <laughs> like he like for real, he he's bigger and stronger than you really realize. 
at everything that he does. Physically, he can shoot the three. We got a, he, he got a wetter from three. Crazy athleticism mm -hmm. and fearless attacking the basket. Fit, like fearless attacking the basket. And let's talk about our guy, Big Cat. I see him, Carl Anthony Towns. Look at this. People, oh! You Oof. nasty boy, you nasty. Jaron Jackson Ugh. Jr. is my guy. But man, that powerful impact. Boom from the cannon by Big Cat going to the bucket. And so when he's giving you 29 and 13 and Edwards is balling the way he's balling, like this was a decisive win. Mm -hmm. it, it truly was. And the one thing that I saw happen for Memphis and I still picked them to win this series, even though two things happen. Sometimes the team that has the most points, and this is going to go over a lot of people's heads, and wins the game, they're the better team that night. But it don't necessarily mean that they're going to be the better team over a seven-game series. But when I saw Minnesota line up against the Grizzlies, I was like, they're just as good as them. Mmm. That that's what I, like when Beasley athletically the way he was playing off the bench I was like he played well I was like they're just as, and so like Stephen Adams can't guard cat no he can't guard cat no he cannot and so you're gonna now have to play Jaron Jackson after five more minutes for Clark who's a terrific athlete so now if you're Memphis that changes what you normally do. And so now when you're adjusted to the other team because of the other team's best player, that makes this a long series, a seven-game series. I'm still going with the uh, I'm still going with the Grizzlies as the number two seed in what I saw all regular season. And I believe Bain and Brooks are gonna get it together. And John Moran is gonna continue to play well and attack the basket. He didn't play so well uh, percentage-wise in the second, second half. But this right here is going to be an excellent series. A lot of it people really are going to talk about what's happening in the East Coast, but this is the one I wish I could parachute in for. And lastly, Jacoby, I got to say, shout to Papa Towns. <laughs> shout to Papa Morant. See, uh, Usher, you know I just, love that. Dear Internet, Usher is not John Morant's father. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Usher is not John you Morant's know, father. You know, Jacoby. I know oh, you love that man, so much. I love this series. I loved everything I, love I saw this weekend. So and Jalen, I've been doing this too long to overreact to a game one. Oh, wait. No, I haven't. Timberwolves are taking this series. Timberwolves are taking this series. And I can't <laughs> wait until it happens. I also can't wait to discuss the rest of the action from the weekend. We'll My be back in exactly. one moment. We See haven't even talked about Tyreek. Maxi yet. We haven't talked about Maxi yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Coming to you live from the Seaport New York City and brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, time to turn our attention Philadelphia, the 76ers, were hosting the Raptors, a series that we all expected to be close, and a game that was not, and it was that man, Tyrese Maxey, who stole the show. That, one of the things I love about this program, Jacoby, is that when we go deeper in the box score and we introduce people to second-year players like Tyrese Maxey, who's a friend of the show, who, by the way, while everybody's celebrating his 38 points for a guy that basically took over the starting job for Ben Simmons this year, played terrific all season, has had a better season in a lot of ways than James Harden. That's why I voted for him as most improved player. It's people waking up today like, oh, there's Tyrese Maxey. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm already here. We already here. He's already been on this show and all of that. And, and, and And the beautiful thing about it is the Sixers got lucky in a lot of ways. After we talk about the brilliance of Tyrese Maxey and the just physical dominance of Joel and being a shout to Tobias Harris who played terrific, James Harden, 14 assists, I believe he had one turnover. Like, it was masterful how they performed in game one. A lot of things went their way. In particular, Mm -hmm. injury. The multiple injuries now being sustained by Trent Jr. and Barnes, like, like those are going to uh, change young. young. Like, yep. the, the, those take this to me from being like a seven-game series, in particular when they go on the road and Matisse Thibel can't play, to now all of a sudden if Philadelphia wants to really step up and take care of business, they should get this over in five now. They really That's should. We how will injuries see. change the dynamics of a, uh, of a series. We shall see. Jalen, you mentioned Tyrese Maxey is most improved. Another player that is up for that award is a gentleman by the name of Jordan Poole. And you look at the big three for the Warriors there, but it was this man, former Michigan Wolverine, that shined in a blowout victory for the Warriors. So Jordan Poole was in the G League last year, Jacoby. Mm. In the G League. Now the Warriors trust him enough to start him game one of the playoffs and bring Steph Curry off the bench. Did did you hear what I just said? (laughs) Yes, I did, sir. And and, and take it a step further. Here's what I love about Jordan Poole. It's the same for Kyrie Irving. His buckets is loud. 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 His his buckets is loud. And, 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 and now the Splash Brothers look like the three amigos. And so we have Draymond Green, who we talk a lot about his defense, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Did a terrific job of contesting and blocking shots and making just the Joker work. And just, just his night wasn't looking like an MVP at all. But how about his passing? Great You know what I mean? Like how he gets him into their offense. And it's just masterful how he keeps the floor spread. And as I just alluded to, the job that Draymond did on the Joker and the Warriors did on the Joker, 
that has nothing to do with why I voted Joker the regular season MVP. Now it's going to be people retroactively like, oh, see? Well, how you get to be the MVP? And the Golden State Warriors stymied him. That's a regular season award, ladies and gentlemen. Jalen, one of the MVP candidates was also in action. We haven't discussed yet. That's a gentleman by the name of Giannis Attentacumpo. The Bucks were hosting the Bulls. They came out to a huge lead early. The Bulls came back, but it was Giannis who closed the door at the end. This might be a sweep. Mm. And clearly I root for more basketball because I'm a huge fan. And obviously just because we cover the game, it's just more content for us to talk about. But when Giannis don't have to get on an airplane to play against Chicago, keep them legs fresh, and Drew Holiday balling like he doing. My bad, Drew. Drew Holiday. <laughs> Shout to Styles P. Rest in peace to the drama king, K Slay. Love and miss you, OG. They're big three. They're virtually unbeatable when they play. And then you throw Lopez back in the mix. His height, yep. his shot-making ability. Like, the Bulls are in trouble, trouble, trouble. I might have to bring out the Wallace. Wallace in this well, it series. it looked that way early, but the Bulls did have a spirited comeback in the sort of the third and fourth quarter. But eventually the Bucks broke away and it became pretty easy. We still haven't discussed two basketball games, one featuring current Western Conference champion Suns, who look great. Chris Paul was on a mission. We'll break that down and much more right after this. You're watching Jalen Ninja Code. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Every day we recognize the fact that Brittany Griner is still detained in Russia. One day is too long. 60 days is way too many. Just wishing for her a speedy and safe recovery to the United States. Jalen, the last game of the weekend, the Phoenix Suns, the Western Conference champions, hosted the Pelicans, and it was the point god, Chris Paul. 17 straight points, Jalen. Man, as we talk about, like, the changing of the guard, and rightfully so, so many young stars had amazing games in the playoffs. This is an old dog. You don't have to teach new tricks. And the thing about CP3 that I like is – his buckets are timely. Like, he didn't wake up yesterday and say, I'm going to score 30. You know what I mean? He did not. And definitely in 19. And then all of a sudden, he reads the game. And like, oh, okay. Y'all got these little dudes think y'all about to press me and D me up and Alvarado all up in me and stuff. I got something for that. Take these 19 in the fourth quarter. But it's great to see Chris play on the floor against Willie Green, who he played with for a couple of teams. And Willie coached against Monty, who he was on his staff last year as they made the Western Conference Finals championship happen in Phoenix and eventually lost to the Bucks in the, in the title. Very quickly, Jalen Rose, turn our attention to a disappointing series, frankly, because there's a huge hole in the Jazz Mavericks series, and that is Luka Doncic, unlikely for game two, but Mitchell played well in game one. I got a secret about our graphics. If one of the graphics has... If one of the teams has three players and the other ones has one, that, too. that usually means that I guess somebody <laughs> thinks that team is going to win. See y'all tomorrow, 4 p.m. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group. 
and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is we podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. What a great weekend of NBA basketball. Just starting at 1 o'clock every day and going all the way till about midnight. Just, just immersing myself in all eight series was so much fun. Appreciate you and the Countdown crew for holding us down. Thank you, And brother. we all circled that big Nets-Celtics game, right? We all circled that series. We all knew that whoever Brooklyn played the first round was going to be a good series. But what was it like? in the moment on ABC watching that game go back and forth and finish the way it did. I was trying to like decide if it was four of the top 10 or 12 players in the Eastern Conference in the same series at the same time. That's how high powered and dynamic I felt about these two teams facing off. When you have KD and Kyrie, and let me just highlight Jason Tatum's ascension for a second. Mm -hmm. When I'm watching the game and he posted up KD, who's three, four inches taller than him, turn around on the baseline, shooting it over his left shoulder effortlessly and knocking it down. I'm like, man, his offensive game has like grown so much so fast. And then the other thing I like that he does is before, when he used to get below the free throw line on the one-two step, he would pick the ball up too early. And mm. he wouldn't necessarily take it all the way to the rim. Now, since he's a little bit stronger, you see him take that one-two step, and it looked like you could complain about an offensive foul, but those weight room, get off me, two-hand mm-hmm. dunk. And the ball handling, the other thing, in and out of pick and rolls, whether they're doubling, splitting them, going under, knocking down the three. And then all of a sudden, when they're swarming them, improved his passing. He had like seven assists like as yep. the game first started. He, wa- he wasn't necessarily making shots, but he wasn't really forcing them either. And let me say something else about these Celtics. Nobody's going to talk about the fact that Jalen Brown was out there playing with a busted nose late. Good That's point. another thing that happened. And the the last two buckets that the Celtics scored, he was responsible for. Mm-hmm. The first one, people kind of use it as a throwaway, but when he went in and he got that late layup against Kyrie, like that was way too easy. Way too easy. And that's... It's- that, that's Duh. one of the plays that when I say the Nets don't play D, that's what I mean. Well, as someone who was heavily financially invested in the Nets money line and the over, and the <laughs> over already hit, I was like, you're up by three points. You can't just let them walk in and get a layup. They honestly played it like there was under 20 seconds on the clock. If there's under 20 seconds on the clock, I understand. You're going to hold the ball for the final possession. You're going to get fouled, go to the free throw line, make, make or miss your free throws. But there was more than one possession left on the clock, and they just watched him come in and get a layup. And then we all know what happened in the next possession when KD has to shoot a step back three from 27 feet off balance, and it leaves 13 seconds on the clock for them to retaliate. I was so mad at that moment. That was bad defense, bad strategy, bad execution, bad everything. Correct. And that was coming out of a timeout, too. 
So like, this is where we start talking about the C word, coaching, right? I take the ball out on the sideline, I give it to Jalen Brown, he's being guarded by Kyrie, who has no chance to stop him. <clears throat> he waltzes in and gets an easy layup. Let's go to the other end. Kyrie was boogieing all game. But when that clock started to get lower, they ran that double team at him. Horford. And by the way, the same Horford who had over around 20 points and 13 boards, and I'm going to get to Horford in a second. I'm going to get to Horford in a second. You run the double team at Kyrie. Unlike Jason Tatum. See, Kyrie had did it earlier in the quarter. As the fourth quarter started, Kyrie crossed half court one time, the double team to him. He kicked it to KD, who was wide open for a three. KD had just scored like 10 points in the third quarter. I thought that that might catapult KD to actually get him hot. And then there was a play where KD had the same opportunity on the left side. They, Marcus Smart was in the middle, kind of no man's land. He was about to go double team KD because he anticipated probably what I did, that KD was about to turn into the easy money sniper. He leaned his shoulder one way. KD zipped it to Kyrie. Kyrie did a catch and three, catch and shoot three. Now I bring those two plays up because as they ran the double team to Kyrie, that was his chance to return the favor. Mm -hmm. So he dribbled around the double team, thought that he was gonna maneuver and pull up in the lane and shoot. But then another defender also put his hand in the cookie jar and he couldn't even, he couldn't even find a shot in the paint. So then he had to dribble from the left wing through the lane, all the way like 18 feet to the right side of the hoop in front of the Celtics bench. After he exhausted the entire possession, you kick it to KD. Can KD save us? We saw this last year against the Bucks. KD had his foot on the line on one, but then on the next one, this is the one people don't talk about. Shot an air ball. Shot an air ball. See, people always talk about the one that KD had his foot on the line. Those for casuals. I'm going to give you deeper in the box score. He had another shot in that game. It was an air ball. And I bring that up because all-time great players don't always have their best moments and there are things that can fluster them sometime. And one of the things that flustered KD yesterday was the physicality of the Celtics and pushing him off of his spot. Yep. And even on that last play, was physical with him, didn't let him go left, didn't let him go right, got up into him, forced a touch, low percentage shot. Now, the same Al Horford that was double-teaming Kyrie that already gave me 20 points, that already made a couple of threes in the game. Double-teamed Kyrie twice on that possession. Double-teamed him on the wing, and then when Kyrie went across the lane, stayed with him and double-teamed him again, which is why he couldn't get a shot. And then when KD gets, shoots the ball, who gets the rebound? Al Horford. Boom. Al Horford got that rebound. He kicks it to White. White does this smart, and, and, and by the way, 
I'm still talking about the C word, coaching. Because guess what? They ain't call timeout. Nope. They, they, it wasn't like oh, Al Horford. They was in front of the bench. They could have clearly called timeout. Didn't call timeout. Advance the ball, get it to Jalen Brown. Who are not, who's now with a busted nose, with a gauge in his mouth, in his nose. On both he nostrils. He had one and he had to get it again. Well, he had one nostril with a tampon like, in it. And then they had to get him a second one, too. So now he can't even breathe through his nose. And so now he feels more confident about his offensive game and less worried about his nose bleeding. You know why? Y'all just gave me an easy layup. I know how this works. And so now he like, oh, I got another small guy on me? This about to be a bucket. I see you at the top, JT. But I'm about to try to maneuver, get a little close to the bucket. I'm about to get a turnaround jumper in the lane. That's what he was trying to do. They did a great job of swarming on that. He kicked it to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is a capable three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. But the Nets, again, defensively, you overrun the closeout. Not only with one person, but with two people. It's almost like the Nets. The Nets just forgot about the last two seconds. They played too good defense on Marcus Smart with two people closing him out. Like there was one second left, and that was the only option that he had was to shoot. Mm. So hold on. KD felt the same way. I heard you say that before. I heard you say that before, family. I want to modify something. That was not too good D O Marcus Smart. You cannot overrun a so like the discipline of a player is to know time, clock, and situation. Like, soon as that guy gets the ball, you got to think, left-handed, jump off the right foot, shoot 38% from three. Shoot like, you, that, like, these are the things that happen in a player's mind the entire time. And you feel that clock happening. If you're going to run at Marcus Smart, that's one thing. But you can't overrun the closeout. That's no different than a big that's coming to try to block a shot. Like, the fans may see it as, man, he going to try to block everything. But the other four guys on the team, like, dog, your man just getting the offensive rebound every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to judge if this guy had a chance to actually make that shot. You see what I'm saying? That That's yep. the intellect that comes with the game. And Kyrie, I mean, I'm sorry, and Marcus Smart saw them overrun the closeout. So he pumped fake, and it like, he slowed down. I appreciate what he did. If you watch that, watch that play. He slowed down. He had a revelation. He slowed down. And he looked up. He's like, I got an open shot. And then all of a sudden, Jason Tatum. And let me tell you what, what Marcus Smart was thinking. Thank you. Because he didn't want no parts of that bank shot. That was about <laughs> to miss. He was going to miss that shot. He yep. was going to miss that shot for yep. sure. And he sees Jason Tatum cut. Now, who's guarding Jason Tatum? No one. Should be Kevin Durant. Should be Kevin Durant. KD. KD's at the free throw line. Jason Tatum's at the top of the key. You cannot allow your man to back cut you. Now, you got to keep your defensive discipline. He back cuts. And that wasn't an easy shot. But let me say one thing about the Tatum thing and Durant kind of sleeping on him. Sure, you could say, oh, well, Durant thought that Marcus Smart was going to shoot. Well, regardless, you're, then your man's cutting for a rebound. 
So you should be following him regardless whether he's a threat to catch a pass or even if Marcus Smart takes that shot, there's enough time for a put back dunk or a tap in or something. So you have to follow him. You have to regardless. And that's why I wrap a bow on this getting back to Jason Tatum because him being their best player, but also working his teammates into the game and being patient ended up allowing him to be the guy to get rewarded for his first game winning bucket in the playoffs. And it didn't have to be ISO between the legs, top of the floor. It was a layup. For Marcus Smart, who I've told people for years, is the the Celtics' best passer. People looked at his body type and thought I was bugging. And Jason Tatum now, they've had Kyrie, Kimba, Schroeder, and they've all had to find ways to reinvent how they play within their offense. And Eme decided we're going to give it to Smart. And he was the person that was sitting there the entire time. Growth from within your current roster, that's why the Boston Celtics take game one. What a great game. And it's just so much fun when games and series live up to the hype and live up to the expectations. And they certainly did that because that was the game from the weekend. And like, like, you know, I had to like get in and out of my family parenting and you know what I mean? Have the have the the the, the caregiver come over so I could watch some games because my wife was out of town. But like I was like 3:30 Sunday. I'm sitting still with the volume on 100, and I'm watching every single second. And you know what? Since it was a blowout before that one, Jalen, I went and watched Countdown. You know what I mean? Because the, sometimes the <laughs> games go up against each other. But I, but I forget Thank exactly you, what game it was yeah. before that. I think it was the Heat Hawks. Yeah. But I was like, I don't need, I don't need yeah, to watch the overlap. last half hour of this one. Let me get over and see the Countdown crew. Great job by you and the Countdown crew this weekend. And so you guys were called into play-by-play duty. So take us behind the curtain. What, what, what happened during the, I think it was the Timberwolves-Grizzlies game where you got called into play-by-play? So... For people who want to um, work in multimedia, this is my 20th consecutive year covering the NBA Finals on television. I'm not talking about radio, I'm not talking about print. On television. And I'm so very fortunate that not only have I worked for multiple networks, BET was first. BET Mad Sports, Best Damn Sports Show, TNT, Inside the NBA before getting hired at ESPN. So I've gotten a chance to work in multiple facets. And just this weekend, I want to give you an example. Hosting. That's getting a toss from SportsCenter so Stephen A. So Steve and, a and I could do the breakdown of what happened and then tossing it back to SportsCenter. Analyzing, doing breakdowns, doing some segments so they can run on Get Up this morning. Pod Buster, that's something that you hear happening at the end of the second quarter and the third quarter. That's a sponsorship element that you may hear one of us do the read for. I did the read for this time. It was about the Miami Heat victory over the Hawks. Obviously, being an analyst, um, whether it's pregame, halftime, reads for sponsors, and predictions for betting, and then also play-by-play, which 99% of the time we're the backup crew in studio, but there never is an issue during the game. 
And I've been doing Countdown for 10 years. I believe that's the second time that it's ever happened. So it's like a fire in a small city, right? Like you, you have fire trucks and you have a, a fireman and a crew and you're prepared to fight any battle, fight any fire, but like the firemen might be playing cards. One of them might be taking a nap. One of them might be doing whatever. And so what ends up happening as that fire drill takes place, you're getting the crew from behind the cameras. Everybody's running and scrambling, trying to get back into the studio. You have the researcher, Matt, for example, trying to get back in there, trying to do printouts for the game and da da da, -da what's happening. <clears throat> you're trying to get the people on the floor to try to get the monitors in position where we can see them, where we can actually call the game. But what people don't realize, when you're in the studio, those monitors aren't set up for you to physically see the game to where you can do play-by-play. -play. Remember, when people are doing play-by-play, -play, they're in the arena. They're in the actual arena. So when we're in the studio, like the monitor may be like 10 feet away. It's on so the floor. So you can barely even it's, see it. Yeah, it's not, it's not like a it's living room setup. It's on the floor. It's just yeah. like on the floor, you know, 10 yards away, I would say. They're built to make you look yeah. good, not to make, make it comfortable for you to watch something. Good point. It wasn't 10 feet. It's 10 yards. Like when you're watching me on TV and I'm up there with Will Bond, shout to the OG, who's rehabbing his, um, his foot and Stephen A. And Greeny, when y'all are watching the show start, when you see the big studio and you see the big desk, you know what else you don't see? Monitors or TVs. Those are out of the shot. They're so far out of the shot that you can't see them. Guess what? They're so far out of the shot that I can see it if I need to reference it, but I'm not looking for the monitors. We're in a four shot. Think about it, when you're watching the show with Will Bond's not there, we're, the camera is set up for us to be in the four shot. So I'm staring at a camera. I'm not staring at a monitor. You see what I'm saying? When the plays are happening, I'm looking at it still in the four shot. They put four boxes up there and show the play in the middle. But in a fire drill where we now need to call the game, we can't see those monitors, to be honest with y'all. You see what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. too far away. And then we don't know how long we gonna be on. That could be like five seconds. It could be like, we about to do the whole game. Like, you don't know what's about to happen. So initially, when we were talking, we weren't even looking at the game. We couldn't even see the game really. So that's why we were just talking about things as it relates to the teams that were playing. And then when it went to a commercial, we realized, okay, now we're about to be calling the game. So now people try to get the monitors in place where we can see. We try to figure out like where, what time and distance we're at in the game type of thing. And so for some, they probably saw it and was like, it was disjointed. It's because you're calling a game that you can't really see. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? It's supposed to go, yeah, yeah. But even if you do right, a remote that, that, game, like you know, we did a whole World Cup remote and like 
there's a lot of you can call games remotely now but it's set up for that like there's there's a whole setup for you to do it so you get that in-game experience and the stats and the prep and the everything countdown is not set up for that physically well one thing about calling the game is seeing the entire court mm-hmm you see what I'm saying? Like it's it's physically see if I if I can't see the entire court, clearly it's gonna affect how you could call the game. And so like for some, I'm pretty sure they probably felt like we failed miserably. To some, I'm pretty sure they probably felt like we did a really good job. But I'm taking you really behind the curtain, letting you know how the sausage was made. And I'm trying to tell you, my brother, a 20-year veteran in this industry. And you know I'm a seasoned vet. I've called games, done sideline. I've done every job in this business. It's different. It's a different approach when you're there to call the game versus when you're there to preview the game. Those are different mm -hmm. exercises. But I was happy that we got the opportunity. I was definitely happy that um, Greeny, Ultimate Professional, Stephen A, Ultimate Professional, were ready to do it. And it still was a fun opportunity, and I'm glad it actually happened the way it did. Well, and Mr. shout Rose, to the crew for making it look good and shout to everybody. being ready for the fire drill. So we had a pre-show conversation that we have to wrap up the pod with. Now, you did something I've never seen you do before today, Mr. Rose. And my wife has turned to, into one of these people recently, too. I didn't know that you were one of these people. You're part of the giant water bottle society. We all know what we're talking about. <laughs> the people that say, I want to drink this much water a day. My wife just started doing it too, where it's like, all right, I'm going to carry around a giant water bottle for the whole day and try to drink this water. You seem to have some lemon slices at the bottom. Like, you got a full gallon or two gallons in there. Jalen, tell me, tell me about your, your introduction to the giant water bottle society. What does it feel like being a giant water bottle person and how it's changed your life? For me, uh, I came into New Year's and one of my resolutions was that I was drink a gallon of water each day. So if I'm gonna drink a gallon of water each day, I might as well put something in it that gives me some health benefits. Every time you at a restaurant, every time you at a club, every time you at a bar, every time they give you water, what's in the water? A lemon or a lime. So that's what I got in my bottle. And I don't carry it around and walk down the street with it. I take it to the gym and I drink it as I'm getting in and out of workouts and I'm getting in and out of steam. And for me, the two, two and a half hour period that I'm in the gym, my goal is to drink the gallon of water during that period of time. Great, so in the two and a half hours you're in the because gym, I'm how not much trying of that to time? Be, because, because the next thing you got to plan for is to be using the bathroom. <laughs> of course, so in the two and a half hours that you're at the gym, what's the breakdown? How much time is in the steam section? Like, if it is, is it two hours and 15 minutes of steam and like a little treadmill? How do we break down this two and a half hours? Well, it depends on what day it is. Like today it's going to be more gym, more working out, more lifting weights, more doing cardio than steam. But then sometimes I do executive workouts where it's 95% steam and barely doing You the introduced gym. me to the but, executive workout. Barely doing I, the workout. I, I, never even, I never even heard of it before I met you. I love the executive workout. <laughs> I love it so much. So much. Still get into steam, meditate, think, pray, plan, stretch. 
You know, know I got my little bathhouse around the studio. We go there, read, steam, sauna, yeah. plunge in the it's, pool. It's a time. pool, it's hot a time. tub. Just, yes. just, just, just all, all, and then they got, yes. they, they, they've got soups there for me, a little borscht. Yeah, you know what? I might hit that today, yes. Jalen Rose. I might hit that yes. today. It's a time in the day where you don't have to talk to other human beings. You can yep. reinvest in your mental and your and, and your psychological and emotional self, and that's what I use it for. It's well, great. Jaylen. I suggest everybody do it. I'm about to do that right now. Everyone listen to this pod. Make some time to give yourself an executive workout. We'll be back tomorrow. Why is that, Jalen Anthony Rose? We're not done. We're not done like the Blastmaster, KRS-One, famously said into a microphone. We are not done. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate.